Well, this year's theme, as Wes has presented many times, is the word committed. And the, the phrase going along with that is in response to the God who committed all to our salvation, we commit all to Him, to His glory, to His cause, and to His people. And this month we've been focusing on sharing and being committed to sharing the good news. Earlier this month, Wes talked about teaching and that has disciples should be making disciple, should be disciple makers. So learn with the intention of teaching. And then he also talked about implore and how when you understand the why, you will figure out the how. And then last week he talked about proclaiming and bragging on Jesus. And something that we need to be doing often and every day. My mind works a little bit different uh, than some people sometimes. And so when I saw this, I saw the acronym T-I-P. So this month we've been talking about a tip, in a sense, of sharing the good news. This morning I want to finish that acronym with the S. In that we're going to talk about the story of Jesus but also your story and my story. So hopefully, again, this month you have gotten a few tips of how to share the gospel. We love to tell stories, don't we? We love to watch stories, to record stories, to listen to stories and read stories. Stories about superheroes or stories about underdogs. Stories of overcoming failures. Think about men when you are... uh, at the dinner table or with your family or at a restaurant and your grandparents share a story of how they grew up, the times that they went through, the experiences they had. Or maybe uh, you are at work and you're sharing a funny story about your kids because my kids are crazy. I know your kids are probably funniest too. Grace and Eden, my two daughters, are hilarious. Um, and Grace is just constantly trying to make me laugh. And sometimes I don't laugh because I'm, I'm not sure uh, her humor um, her knock-knock joke was, are, aren't the most uh, uh, logical, but she did say, knock-knock. I said, who's there? She said, table. Table who? Ha-ha, there's a table over there. I was like, that's funny, Grace. Good job. <laughs> we love to tell stories about our kids like that, don't we? We love to tell stories of things that we've done over Christmas break or places that we've traveled. The fact of the matter is, is that stories are in everything that we do, from school to entertainment to sports and to the Bible. The fact is that people listen to a good story. They want, they, they, we like listening to good stories. And you and I have a story to tell. And we are called to tell stories, especially your personal story of how to share the good news. Because your story, though, It's not about you. Your story is about God and His character because God is the hero of your story. God is the hero of our story. And you may be like me. I feel like I kind of have an ordinary story. And I'll tell it to you in just a few minutes. But I feel like I have an ordinary story, but that doesn't mean that God can't use it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be powerful and impactful for someone. Again, you don't need a Bible degree to share the message of Jesus. You just need your faith in Him. Because you are an eyewitness of how God has rescued you from sin and death. You are an example of how Jesus can change a life. I was uh, 
11 years old or so. And before I get into that, I want you to think about the fact that someone shared their story or the story of Jesus with you. And that's the reason that you're here today. It may be that you're a visitor and you were invited by someone at work or your neighbor or, or at a restaurant. Or maybe you grew up in church, but someone shared the story of Jesus with you. And that has made an impact on you. So I want to tell you a little bit about my story. Again, I was about 11 years old when I first became, when I, when I first, when I became a Christian, but I grew up in church. I grew up going to church, going to all the activities, doing all the things that a normal churchgoer would do. And I'm very, very thankful for that because of that's who I, um, has made me who I am today. But church was something that, again, that I did on a regular basis. And church was something that I did to get together with my friends. And yeah, I didn't act the way that I always knew I should. I made mistakes. I said and I did things and I thought things that were hurtful, disobedient, and selfish. And I'm not blaming this, but when my parents divorced when I was nine, that was a hard time. That was a difficult time for me, my family, and my sister to go through. And my eyes were finally opened in a sense that life was no longer fair and easy and happy all the time. One thing that I like to do, like I said, I like to attend all the events at church. And one thing during the summer was church camp. That was a big, uh, huge impact on me and just a great time to, to learn about God and to be out in nature and do all those things. It was the highlight of my summer. And it was at camp when I asked myself and I thought to myself, if I say that I love God and I want to follow Him, why have I not been immersed? Why have I not been baptized? And I couldn't think of a reason not to give my life to Him. And so, I understood that I could never be good enough. And it wasn't a matter anymore of me making sure that my good choices outweighed my bad choices. I understood that I couldn't save myself. I needed Jesus. So the Sunday after camp, I was immersed by my father and a gentleman in my life at the time that was important to me, Troy Fennell. And I remember that experience so well. And it was the best decision that I could have ever made in my entire life. And I knew that. And I knew that it was the best and most important decision. And that my life was finally changed. Because I know that my life since has been better knowing and following the story of Jesus. Jesus has shown me what it means to show love and forgiveness. And I see people in a different way now. I see that everyone has things that they struggle with and that they are all in need of Jesus, every person on the planet. Again, I'm not perfect. I still struggle. But I know that God still forgives me. I know that God is with me and is constantly encouraging me to be the man and the the husband, the father and person that he has called and desires for me to be. And I I want everyone to know that Jesus has the power and desire to save them and to make their life better. Because it's an everyday choice to follow God, but it is well worth it. This morning we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to read starting in verse 8 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil 
or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to, for to this you were called, that you may attain a blessing. For whoever desires to love and to see good deeds, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good that if that should, that if that should be God's will than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and being made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which only a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. This text is talking about the fact that we suffer for doing good sometimes. As Christians, we are slandered and reviled and we are hated for when we follow God and follow his commands. Basically, when bad things happen, though, God can use that to bring glory to himself. And he uses the things that we go through, the trials, the hardships, to make us better, to purify us, and to refine us. And all of that is part of our story. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, that, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. All that to say is that Christians, saved people, tell others about Jesus. Saved people tell others about Jesus. I want to tell you a story of some friends of mine, some cousins actually, Marty and Julie Johnson. They are in Yogyakarta, Indonesia. I had to practice that several times. I want to tell you about Veronica. This is Veronica's story. One morning, Marty and Julie were running, as they like to, and Marty found a flash drive on the ground. He picked it up thinking, cool, I got a new flash drive. That's happened to me before. A few days went by before he thought about it again, and he put it in his computer, and to his surprise, it had someone's resume and thesis work on it. He used the contact info on the resume and messaged the person asking if he had lost a flash drive. The guy said yes, and Marty invited him to pick it up at the location where they were teaching, uh, where we were teaching our English Bible classes. It's a very sneaky way of Marty to do that. Good job. He came, and after visiting with us, he asked if he could bring some friends with him to study with us. 
We, of course, said yes. And, well, Veronica was one of his friends that came to study. Most of the people stopped studying just after a couple of weeks, except for Veronica. She kept studying and would attend our midweek Bible study, as well as worship on Sunday. We got to know her better by spending time with her and doing things like going out to eat and going to the beach. After a while, she began to ask questions, though. She was beginning to see that her church was not teaching what she read in the Bible. We always answer her with questions using what the Bible says and not just our opinion. After she finished our English Bible class, she continued to spend time with us and attend our weekly Bible studies, and she worshipped more frequently. We invited her to have a one-on-one study where she became more serious about her faith. She continued to ask questions, and then, on March 6, 2015, she was decided, she decided to be baptized. Veronica has continued to grow and be a huge part of the church here in Yogyakarta. Veronica was introduced to Jesus by my cousins because they shared their story. They are missionaries in, in Indonesia and Malaysia and that part of the world. And what they did is that they developed a relationship with that person, with, with Veronica. And they shared their life with her. They shared what was going on, their struggles. They shared the things that God has done for them. And that made an impact on her. And that developed into, as I read, one-on-one studies and, and learning about the Bible more. And she, Veronica, understood and realized that what she was being taught by her church wasn't right. Marty and Julie shared their story with Veronica, and it changed her life. You and I have the same opportunities. And we can do that through our own personal story, and we can do that through Bible stories. Bible stories are are a great way to share the message of Jesus. It's very easy to say to someone who is uh, struggling with trusting God or struggling with figuring out this whole Jesus thing, you could tell them, you should trust God. Or, like we've been talking about this morning, you could tell them a story. Because stories have impact on people. You could tell them the story of Noah, who believed enough water would come and flood the earth. That was mind-boggling to him. But he trusted God knowing that God was going to keep his word, knowing that God was going to save him and his family. Or you could tell them the story of Samson. I like Samson. I relate to him a lot because not only are we really, really strong, but why are you laughing? <clears throat> he, he made some stupid mistakes, okay? Let's just be real. Samson did not really trust God very well, but even though he didn't follow God's instructions, He knew that God could use him to save himself and Israel. I hope that I never have to go through a Samson experience, though, because, again, he made some bad choices. But you could also tell someone, not just trust God, you could say, you should give God the credit for the things that he's doing in your life instead of taking the credit for your own. Or you could tell them a story. You could tell them a story of Daniel. Daniel could have easily taken the credit for being able to interpret the king's dreams but instead, he gives God the glory. He doesn't say, oh, I can interpret dreams. I'm really, really good at that. That's one of my top five skills. No, he says, I, no one can do that, but I have a God that can. He gives God the credit. The fact of the matter is, again, stories inspire, challenge, and sometimes slip under defenses in a way that 
just a command fails to do. Stories have a lot of impact. And the greatest storyteller ever, Jesus, taught stories through stories all the time. In uh, Luke chapter 8, he talks the story, uh, or he tells the story of the parable of the sower. And you have the sower who spreads seeds all over the place, and some fall on the path, and the birds eat them up. Some fall on the rocky places, and they are scorched and because they, they have no water and because of the sun. Some fall along with the weeds and they get choked. And then also some fall on good soil and they grow. When we're telling the story, we shouldn't say, well, I'm not sure that person's actually going to accept what I'm going to tell them, so I'm not going to tell them about Jesus. I'm not going to invite them. I'm not going to tell them the great things that God has done in my life because I know that they're not going to listen to me. That's not our role. That's not our job. That's not what we're called to do. Because we are called only to spread the seed. You don't know how the person you are telling your story will receive it. It may be received with hostility. They may want to have nothing to do with your God. It may be received with apathy. They don't care that you're telling them a story. They don't care that your life has changed. They're focused more on themselves. Or they may say, hey, that's a cool story, but it really never really has a real lasting impact. And then, of course, you could be sharing your story and it could change their life. The moment that you start telling them about Jesus, the moment that you start telling them how Jesus has changed your life could change their life. You don't know how your story will impact someone, but that shouldn't keep you from sharing it. The Israelites didn't do a good job always of sharing the story. In Judges chapter 2 we read that story, telling stories is important. In Judges chapter 2, it, it reads, And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who had, did not know the Lord or the work that they had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods among, from among the gods of the peoples who were around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Asherah. The Israelites did not continue to tell the story. They didn't share the story of how God had rescued them, and they didn't share their story of how God saved them. Their personal story. It was part of their history. And it says a whole generation didn't hear any of the stories. That's very saddening to hear. Because it shows that they don't have any care for the next generation. It shows that they don't feel that it's important enough to share with the people that are younger than them, with the people that are around them, the great things that God had done. When you read the Old Testament, God has done, had done amazing things. Not just saving them from Egypt, but countless stories of God saving them, doing amazing things that should have had a huge impact, that should have compelled them to say, I've got to tell this to my kids to make sure that they understand where we come from. So telling the story is important because it shows care for the next generation. And a lot of times it moves people to action. This morning... I know Wes always has a tagline, and so here's mine. Sharing your story 
of how Jesus can cha- has changed your life can change someone else's life. Sharing your story of how Jesus has changed your life can change someone else's life. I want this to, to be personal. Yes, it's amazing to share the story of Jesus. That's what we should be sharing. But like it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense or to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Let me read that again. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense or an answer to anyone who asks you for an answer for the reason of the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You are called to share your story. And you are part of the story of God. You are part of the family of God if you have decided to be a part of that family. But you have an amazing opportunity to share your story with other people. The fact that God has changed your life. Sometimes it's hard for people to believe in Jesus, to understand the things that he's done. But it's easier when people see how Jesus has changed your life. Because if it's not personal, if you haven't been changed by Jesus, what do you think the people around you are going to think? They're not going to think that it's really that big of a deal, not that big of an impact. Again, people listen when they are being told the good story. We have the greatest story ever. Sharing the good news by telling your story is a powerful way to illustrate how Jesus can change a life. So when you tell your story of how God has worked a miracle in your life, or how He has blessed you, or transformed you, or lifted and encouraged you, or perhaps even broken and healed you, people can be changed by it. God is... Is someone who is willing to do anything to make sure that his people are saved. And he did that. He did everything that he could and he sent Jesus to save us. Here's the good news story. If you haven't heard before, Jesus came to the earth and became a man. And he bore our sins. He died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And he was given all authority, all power. And he's coming back. He suffered so that we could be brought back to Jesus, could be brought back to God and in right relationship with Him. And He has called us to die to sin, to live for righteousness, to to live out the way that He has called us to live, to follow God. Jesus is the good news story. He came to seek and save the lost. And He wants you to use your story to show others how great God is and how He can change a life. Jesus wants to change your life. You may be hurting or dealing with something very difficult this morning. And we as a church family want to help you. We as a church family want to encourage you. We want to be part of your story. This morning, if you have a need, there's a prayer room in the in the foyer there, or you can come forward and share your story with us and let us help you. If you have a need this morning, please come forward as we stand and sing.